Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining in and welcome to another Zeroda Educate webinar. We have an interesting webinar lined up for you today. Let me just give you a quick background. A few days ago at office, we were discussing about how the markets were performing, especially the small and mid cap indices. And coincidentally, around the same time, we saw a tweet concerning this from Kalpen Parekh. The tweet, the tweet was on the growing discount between the Nifty large cap index and the Nifty mid and small cap indices. The graphic showed that since Jan 18th, while the Nifty 50, which is predominantly a large in large cap index, is up about five odd percent, the Nifty mid cap index is down close to about 21 percent, and the Nifty small cap index is down about 29 percent. So we reached out to Kalpen and he was gracious enough to agree to talk to us. By the way, this is the second webinar Kalpen is doing for Zeroda Educate, and we can't thank him enough for this. The first webinar he did was a primer of sorts on debt mutual funds, which I think is one of the most engaging webinar we've had so far. The link to the webinar is provided below. Do not forget to watch it if you haven't already. So uh, to set the context, Investors clearly seem to be spooked given the market volatility in the past year or so and the general negativity surrounding the markets. So Kalpen will give us a broad context about what's happening in the markets and also give some historical context on what you should and shouldn't be doing with your investment. Frankly, we couldn't have picked a better person to talk about this. A quick introduction uh, of Mr. Parikh. Kalpen Parekh is the president of DSP Investment Managers. He has over 19 years of experience in sales, distribution, and marketing. He has previously he was previously the managing director and head of sales and marketing at IDFC Mutual Funds. He has also served in Birla Sun Life Asset Management Company and ICICA Prudential Asset Management Company after beginning his career with LNT Finance. Kalpen holds a master's degree in management studies uh, in finance from Nasimonji Institute of Management, as well as a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from Bharti Vidyapeet, Pune. Thank you so much, uh, Kalpen, for agreeing to do this for us. Over to you now. Thank you, Karthik and uh, Zero the team for uh, inviting TSP and myself to speak to you. You did uh, a long uh, introduction talking about various organizations that i've worked in and uh, while the organizations have been different one thing which has been common across uh, my 20-year history for uh, my own learning as an investor and as uh, someone who runs an investment management firm is how we as human beings and investors react to changing markets uh, investing is uh, you know after all a very simple uh, job of uh, investing in good companies and good businesses which grow over long periods of time and taking advantage of uh, that long-term structural growth however that long-term structural growth comes at a price and that price is the price of uh, intermittent uh, uncertainties and fluctuations which in our language we call it volatility and uh, risk uh, it's actually price volatility but uh, our actions convert this price volatility into risk if we misuse this volatility or do not take advantages of that. So, uh, you know, I uh, would always, um, I, I would like to tell uh, investors that uh, to be good investors, uh, remember one thing, uh, trust data and numbers and look for, uh, you know, long-term trends uh, 
looking at historical uh, long-term data points over 5, 10, or, or even 20 years. Because in the history of um, uh, NAVs and price points, a lot of stories uh, can be uh, identified, which can help us become better investors. Uh, and more than that, uh, be conscious of not investing around narratives and stories, uh, and rather focusing on evidence and uh, data and numbers, and then decide uh, according to your risk appetite, uh, what should be your time horizon and what should be the right asset class to invest. The second important principle of uh, being a good investor and, and, and having a good investment portfolio is to respect one fundamental universal reality that asset classes are cyclical. Uh, they go up and they go down and then they go up and again they go down. So there are cycles in asset classes. Uh, the degree of cycles and the intensity varies for different asset classes. Fixed income has a lower variation. Uh, equity has higher variation. Directionally, they trend upwards. Intermittently, they can either go down or go nowhere and then finally go up. And as investors, if we respect fundamentally or you know just recognize this reality, it can bring a lot of clarity. Many times as investors, and I've gone through this in my early part of my career, in my first 10 years, I would always get uh, carried away or would uh, react to changing data points and headlines and news flow and the narrative which the ecosystem around us creates. And this ecosystem is people like us, uh, you know, uh, uh, newspapers, uh, advisors, marketplace, uh, everything that we read becomes noise in our mind. And uh, we tend to react to every changing data point. Whereas the role of a good investor is uh, stillness, is patience, is identifying few anchors to invest and then sticking around that plan. So I'll start off with uh, the first slide, which is about what's going on in the broad markets. Uh, you know, it just shows uh, what you highlighted, Karthik, which is uh, the, the price uh, uh, reaction of the three segments of equity market in India, which is the large cap universe, Nifty, the mid cap universe, Nifty mid cap, the small cap universe, which is Nifty, uh, PAC small cap. And we've just shown that over the last one year, uh, how this segment has, uh, how each of these segments have behaved. So uh, the Nifty is broadly up 5%. Uh, mid caps are down 21%. Large caps are down, sorry, small caps are down 30%. Uh, now this can, you know, create two conclusions. One, small and mid caps are risky, run away from them. Conclusion two, small and mid caps are cheaper than Nifty, go and buy them. So these the other two conclusions one can derive from this data point. The conclusion I derive from this data point is, um, uh, you know, uh, one year history is uh, too short a history to, to form conclusion. It's important to look at more long-term history and um, you know, fundamentally, it's always good to buy what is cheaper, uh, with, you know, what is coming down rather than what is uh, going up, uh, particularly in uh, equity, since the cyclicality of equity is much more. Uh, all of you would have heard and read that Nifty in the last uh, one year out of its long term history of 15 or 20 years has had a very unusual period where, uh, you know, only seven stocks have generated uh, the, a large part of the return. So if you take these seven stocks out, uh, the rest of the Nifty would also have fallen by around 10 or 15 percent. But these seven stocks have gone up between 20 percent to 60 percent, which is why the aggregate return of Nifty is uh, showing as 5 percent. Now, a lot of your investors who have invested in these other stocks or mutual funds feel that while Nifty is up, why are the portfolios down? And the primary reason is, uh, as I mentioned, most other stocks have actually come down. And mutual fund portfolios don't necessarily mirror Nifty. 
unless you are uh, running a passive fund. So uh, clearly, you know, one year back, if you were looking at this data in Jan 2018, uh, the year 2017 would have looked very different, would have looked opposite, where small and mid caps were going up and large caps were going up at a slower run rate. And that whole trend has got reversed in uh, uh, 20, uh, 2018. So as investors, uh, clearly the message is that um, large, uh, you know, small caps and mid caps were running aggressively. They were running very fast between 2015, 16, 17. And uh, they were moving away from their fundamental reality in terms of uh, valuations. Uh, they are now catching up. They're catching up with reality. And that is why the price correction that we've seen in the last one year. I'll go to the next slide, which is very interesting. Uh, and since I mentioned, you know, always look for long-term data trends uh, and look in that long-term data that what is the likelihood, or, you know, what type of returns would you make in very good times? What type of returns would you make in very bad times? And what type of returns would you make on an average most of the times? Uh, remember one thing, we as investors uh, and human beings uh, get trapped into investing only when data looks good, only when past returns look good. The biggest enemy for future returns of uh, any investor is, uh, you know, investing basis very high past returns because eventually uh, that greed of trying to chase past returns uh, makes us take wrong decisions in the future and derails us from our long-term compounding. So, you know, what this slide shows here is, uh, uh, you know, the, the large cap uh, universe is, is shown by the white line, which is the line of Nifty. And this is data since 2003. So this really captures uh, almost uh, three cycles that we've seen from 2003 to 2019 today uh, over the last 16 years. And the uh, purple or the pink line is uh, the line of the small cap index. Uh, now, what you see is, uh, you know, uh, when market cycle is favorable, when the economy is, you know, either growing very fast or a lot of money is chasing stocks, uh, you see uh, an upward trending market. And when markets trend uh, meaningfully upward, the Nifty went up by around uh, six times between 2003 to 2008 uh, in those five years. It went up by six to seven times, which was a great, uh, you know, uh, annualized return roughly around 20%. But in the same period, small caps went up by around 12 to 14 times. So they gave 2x the returns of what the larger large cap universe gave. Um, and, you know, in, in 2007 and eight, most of us would have read stories and headlines and narratives and opinions from experts that small caps and mid caps are, you know, the right thing to have, have them uh, in a larger share in your portfolio because they grow faster than the large cap peers. They have a lot of speed. They have a lot of momentum. Small companies can be fast companies and stuff like that. We will hear examples of how Sachin Tendulkar, who, when he was young and how he, when he grows into a good cricketer, you can capture the whole upside. This is the narrative in which we get trapped. But, you know, when you look at investing in those peak markets, if you notice uh, from that peak of 2008 or 2008 till today, 11 years have passed. And that pink line has gone down, gone nowhere, gone up a lot in the last four years and then again come back. So 11 years and uh, an investor would have bought at the last peak for 11 years would have made no return or uh, in the next year or two when when the small caps and the large caps everything came down most investors would have exited and not captured the upside back again now from 20, 2008 january when the pink line was at its peak immediately in the next one year it halved or it went down by 70 percent so uh, uh, in october uh, 2009 the pink line converged back with the white line which means if you look back from 2003 to 2009, the large cap and the small cap index both had converged and they would have given the same return. So here, 
the narrative and the story one would have heard is why invest in small caps and mid caps why take that extra risk because look at it last six years both have given the same return you rather stick to uh, small uh, large caps only and then you look the next cycle begins again small caps uh, generate that outperformance uh, and uh, you know uh, large caps grow slowly and small caps grow fast so this is how the cycle keeps repeating uh, every time uh, you know in a up move uh, small caps move fast in a down down move they fall fast so what do you do what's the takeaway for you as an investor what do i uh, infer from uh, this uh, history that i have seen over the last 18 years and i'm trying to show what i'm trying to highlight here is small caps uh, and mid caps have very high mortality risk uh, there are very few small and mid cap companies which really survive over a long period of time and become large caps uh, and it's very very important to choose uh, you know either you should be an expert to choose the right companies because out of 300 400 uh, small and mid cap companies only 15% really survive and thrive and become large uh, 75 to 85% of companies remain small cap or mid cap or become smaller further uh, after multiple market cycles there are very few winners so it's very important to have a right investment process with a lot of discipline to identify these winners and eliminate the losers actually this is a space where eliminating the losers becomes very much important respecting risk is very important and understanding prices uh, and valuations is very important so when we also in our small cap fund you know manage uh, you know we manage a very popular small cap and micro cap fund and mid cap fund uh, what we give a lot of importance to is how do we eliminate um, you know the losers uh, identify the winners and then stay with them so that over a long period of time it helps in capturing their journey and generating a lot of alpha uh, we were doing this analysis that you know in our small cap mid cap fund which are the stocks which have generated the best return for us and we realized the good stocks which have generated the best returns are the ones which we have held on for 11 or 12 years so not only have the companies done well but we as a you know our fund manager had the courage and temperament to live through the fluctuations and hold them for a full decade and not get deterred by intermittent price volatility there will be 3 4 years in a 10 year journey when either the prices will go nowhere or come down by 30 40 50% but eventually if the company is good prices will recover and recover higher than the last high so one message here is uh, embrace volatility or be aware of this fluctuation uh, if you think you do not like this fluctuation then do not invest in small and mid cap funds because that is the character of the category Uh, uh, and and the second message here is the best time to invest in these funds uh, if you want to do a lump sum investment is ideally when their last 5 and 10 year returns are low and very close to uh, large cap fund returns because over a long period of time good small cap and mid cap funds generally will generate 3 to 4% alpha over their large cap years uh, but that tends to happen when your entry point is discounting all the bad news and uh, you know significantly lower so thankfully we are reaching somewhere there uh, if you notice the pink line and the white line are all you know coming closer to convergence we we still might have some more period where uh, you know small and mid caps either continue their direction sideways or price wise and the large cap index stays more stable but uh, you know this is a time when uh, one can look at uh, uh, building up uh, long term sips in the small cap and mid cap funds and not just jumping in with uh, lump sum money so my message here is don't get carried away with the return of small and mid caps uh, when they are at a significant high compared to their large cap peers remember one thing end of the day large cap companies should always have premium to small and mid cap companies because they are large companies they have 
executed well over multiple cycles. They have large leadership, market share, brand reputation. Uh, small companies, uh, uh, you know, are in the journey of building, so they do not ideally get that type of a premium. Last four years were unusual, where small and mid caps had a higher valuation multiple than their large cap peers, and that is why this whole distortion. Uh, at the peak of 2017, when the small cap index really shot to the roof. But eventually in 2018, gravity and natural rules of investing caught up and the valuations are now converging. But even today, small and mid caps are at uh, uh, a 15-20% higher premium to large caps. And you know, I can't predict when will they converge or will they converge. All I can say is the volatility will continue and any investor who has a longer time horizon and is leveraging this price correction by buying more units at every falling NAV uh, will be a winner uh, in this cycle. And the other important point is uh, how can you benefit again from this slide is to calibrate the exposure of large caps and mid caps in your portfolio. So whenever you know uh, large cap returns look higher than mid caps, uh, ideally increase exposure to mid and small caps at that point in time. Uh, whenever, whenever small and mid cap returns look much higher than large caps, that is the time when you allocate more money to large caps. So that's one takeaway. It's a value mindset of buying what is cheaper and uh, you know not buying what is expensive. So final takeaway here is uh, volatility will be always high in small caps as this chart shows. The best way is to either buy them when they are correcting like right now or do it through a 10-year SIP and uh, you know use advantage of that fluctuation. A uh, slide number four uh, is, uh, you know, moving back into fixed income. What is happening in debt markets? Uh, here again, I have tried to show, uh, you know, the, the reference rate for interest rates in India, which is the 10-year government of India bond, the rate at which the government of India uh, borrows money from all of us. Uh, if you notice, there's a very, uh, you know, simple pattern that emerges uh, over the last uh, um, 15, 20 years now. Uh, you know, interest rates were at uh, eight, nine percent, nine and a half percent at its peak. They go down uh, all the way down to five percent. They go up again at eight and half, uh, back to nine and a half. They come down to five. They go up back to nine. Came down to six, uh, and then recently they've gone up to eight and come down to seven and a half. So the point I'm making here is interest rates also have cycles, and these are fairly large cycles. You know, moving in a band of five to nine, four percent higher on a base of five is almost like eighty percent extra uh, in you know coupon, uh, and and the price impact that can be seen in bond funds because of these interest rate fluctuations can be fairly high. So if you notice on an average uh, interest rates, government of India bond on an average trades closer to seven and a half percent, which is where the fair value is. Uh, there are periods of crisis when these rates go up and they go as high as nine, nine and a half percent. That happens when inflation is very high. That happens when our currency is uh, very weak or coming under attack, when our fiscal deficit balloons, when um, you know some macro event macro a global event plays out negatively that is when interest rates fly up and go towards uh, high value you know levels like 9 9.5 and then there are periods like uh, you know two years back when rates came down to six percent a very low inflation uh, you know a very uh, positive macroeconomic environment now what what is the learning here uh, my observation over the last 20 years again is that investors uh, generally jump in into bond funds when rates are low rather than when rates are high it's very ironical, you know, if, if you go into a bank branch and if there are two boards uh, showing fixed deposit rates, one shows 9%, one shows 6%, what would we, which fixed deposit would we go and buy? I Rightly so, we will buy the 9% fixed deposit. But when it comes to bond funds or debt funds, 
uh, and when when we showed two two opportunities or or, or two different uh, you know phases in the cycle uh, a phase when bond yields are at 6 and a phase when bond yields are at 9 we have noticed most investors invest more aggressively when bond yields are at 6 and they actually take money out when bond yields are 9 and the reason this happens is when rates are low the last one or two year returns look very good because you have the benefit of mark to market appreciation and when rates are high actually which is a good time to invest but the last one year returns look bad and investors you know stay away from bond funds at that point in time so here again it's very important that we um, eliminate our uh, bias towards recent and past returns and look for what is the yield at which you are investing is this a yield which is pricing in already higher interest rates and inflation and weak macro that is a good time to invest and not when rates are too low thankfully right now uh, we are at a you know moderate interest rate level uh, rates are not very high rates are not very low uh, corporate bond yields are between 8 to 8.5 high quality cor uh, corporate bonds with one or two year maturity uh, are borrowing at 8 8.25 so ideally a good uh, way to take advantage of these interest rates is to invest in uh, you know higher quality uh, corporate bond funds short term funds which uh, have lesser fluctuations of interest rate fluctuation and do not also have uh, risk of uh, credit events. So that's one way to uh, take advantage of uh, fixed income cycle. And uh, moving to the next slide number five, uh, it just shows that over long periods of time, if you look at it, uh, the straight line or the smooth line is the liquid fund. And uh, the line which is uh, you know moving along with the liquid fund sometimes, sometimes higher than that, sometimes lower than that, uh, is the line of uh, uh, you know guilt index the government of india bond so this line starts in 2003 4 when interest rates were at around 6% so if you notice uh, over over these long you know history of 14 years uh, a government of india bond would have earned only 6% return less than 6 because bond yields that time started at 6% so you would earn 6% minus expenses whereas liquid fund over the same period has earned closer to uh, not liquid fund but the liquid fund index which mirrors the returns of what liquid funds would run, would have delivered around 7% with lower volatility. What's the message in this slide? The message in this slide is, if you invest when interest rates are at 6%, uh, when long-term interest rates are at 6%, you cannot earn, come what may, however actively you manage the fund or however actively you manage your portfolio, it is very unlikely you will earn returns too different than your starting bond deals. So today, bond deals are at 7.5 or 8 um, over the next 5-10 years, if you are having a fixed income portfolio, your expected return should also be somewhere closer to 7.5% uh, as current interest rates are. Um, so your starting point of what are bond yields uh, uh, is an indication of what type of returns would you make. The second takeaway from this slide is uh, lower the maturity of the fund or the instrument that you own. Uh, lower is the fluctuation and higher is the stability. So liquid fund typically has a 2 months average maturity and which is why you will see uh, you know, the NAV moving uh, far more smoothly. So, of course, uh, in periods when rates crash or come down, guild funds will give, uh, uh, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12% sort of returns. But uh, liquid fund will still give you around 7%. But when rates rise, a uh, uh, lot of guild funds give up their, uh, you know, recent returns and they normalize. So the message here is as an investor, again, invest in long duration bond funds or guild funds when you see crisis or panic and rates fly up uh, significantly so when rates are higher than eight eight and a half nine would be a good time to invest in guild funds and you know wait for the cycle the interest rate cycle to turn down and take advantage of the higher accrual of eight percent or nine percent 
and also benefit from up to market. If we invest when rates are low at 6%, what happens is your starting return is 6 and then when the interest rate cycle moves up, you end up losing in terms of mark to market. On the other hand, if we invest when rates are high, all headlines will be massively negative at that time. Fear will be much higher. You know, you will read that India going through macroeconomic crisis, currency is taking a hit, interest rates are rising. But that is when you're getting in at 9% uh, coupon. So you will earn not just the 9%, but whenever the interest rate cycle over the next two, three years comes down, you will get additional mark to market. So that's the way to contextualize when to invest in long duration funds and take interest rate risk. And when is the time not to take interest rate risk and just defend through short maturity products like liquid funds or short term funds. So today, if I have to you know, uh, tell you how do I invest my fixed income money, I try to keep it in uh, shorter duration instruments and I would rather wait for higher interest rates before going in for uh, you know, longer maturity products. Uh, the next slide is, uh, is, is, is one of my favorite uh, you know, learning uh, in the last 20 years. Uh, it conveys a lot of uh, uh, you know, uh, fundamental investing principles and it helps uh, us as investors uh, you know, recognize when do markets make money and when do they not make money? When do we as investors make money and when do we lose money? And what should be the way to navigate our journey? Uh, this is again a chart of uh, the last 18 years of uh, the green line is uh, is basically a combination of the top um, uh, 20 <coughs> plus uh, diversified equity funds. It's an average return of the top 20 funds uh, in the industry and largely these are all good funds. So over the last uh, 20 years, if you see directionally, the line has overall gone up. But if you see intermittently, it has different uh, behavior. So between 2000 to 2003, uh, for almost two and a half years, it made no returns. Are you as an investor ready for that? If at all you go through a phase like that, if no, do not invest in equity funds. You then do not deserve to be uh, an equity investor. Uh, then look at it from, from you know, 2000 to 2003, investors' patience was tested and no returns were made. A lot of investors gave up and you know got out. I also made the same mistake that time. I remember I was uh, you know fourth year in my investing career and in those three years, Guild funds had given 14% return and equity funds had given almost zero. And I redeemed my equity funds and went and invested in guild funds because the last three year returns looked very good. And from then began the mother of all bull run in equity. And from 2003 to 2008, equity markets went up seven times, equity mutual funds went up 10 times because of the alpha. And small and mid cap funds went up 14 times, like I explained in the second slide. So, so you know, you saw one phase of three years of no returns, then you saw another phase where in four years, the returns were seven times. Then you saw one year between 2008 to nine where the price dropped by 50%. This was during the global crisis in 2008. So even a period like that can come. Can anyone predict that type of a market? The answer is no. In hindsight, we can you know, look back and learn from it, but we can never predict when will we see sharp price corrections in the market. So if you notice, that was the third phase where investors and you know we as investors would have lost 40-50% temporarily. This was temporary correction, this was volatility. But investors who exited at the bottom of 2009 converted this temporary price correction actually into an actual capital loss because they got out at the wrong time. And had they just waited for one more year, from 2009 to 10, the green line doubled again. And it came back to where it was at the peak of 2008. So it recovered everything that was lost very quickly. So the speed at which it came down was also the speed at which it, which it came up. And then again for the next four years, 2010 to 14, 
the enemies remained constant almost they went nowhere they were just moving around in a narrow band so that was time correction so you know and then 2014 is when again the next round of uh, upside started when markets went up from um, you know uh, 16000 to around 35000 where we are right now and now again we are witnessing since the last one year a period of price correction and some amount of volatility so what are the learnings here uh, equity as an asset class will have three directions uh, there will be phases one third uh, periods of time 33% of time markets will go nowhere you would have invested your money hoping that you learn 10 12 15% return but for 3 4 years your account will show zero returns then there is another 33% of times when markets actually go down you your your portfolio will be down by 10 15 20 and if you are unlucky it could be down by even 40% like it happened with small cap funds uh, one year back so that is the second phase which is the most frustrating and challenging phase because that really tests our belief that really is equity right for me and that's when 90% of investors go away and that is when the last leg begins when markets go up dramatically when none of us are expecting and markets go up so there are only three directions going up going down and going nowhere they are all part of the game very very difficult for anyone to predict when will it go up or go down because that only in hindsight can we come to know so how do you navigate these type of cycles either Uh, be a very patient investor where you put your money and then forget it for 10 years because on a rolling 10 year basis generally equity has always delivered between 9% to 14% average tax returns per annum but uh, most of us are human beings we look at data every day we look at our uh, mobile app to see our portfolios every day we look at our nvs more often uh, that again is an enemy of uh, long term returns so what is the way to solve for this uh, period of fluctuations and correction and that's where the pink line comes in the pink line is actually a, a far more smoother line of equity so if you notice over 15 years again it has given similar returns like diversified equity funds but there are periods of time when diversified equity funds fall a lot this pink line does not fall and that gives us support or confidence or emotional stability not to panic and move away from equity as an asset class have you said that if you want a fund which does not fall as much as equity you have to pay a price for it what is the price the price is when markets go up this line will not go up at the same speed if you notice from 2013 to uh, 2017 when the green line went up very fast the pink line went up very slow it went up but went up at a slow slope and then when the green line comes down the pink line continues to you know go remain steady this is the principle of asset allocation you as an investor can do it on your own by combining equity and debt fund together either in a ratio of 50 50 or 60 40 or 70 30 or you invest in automated asset allocation funds which adjust exposure between debt and equity around some rules and formula which are very fundamental and tested for evidence over the last 2 3 decades so personally i like this category of asset allocation funds a lot my thumb rule for investing always is if you are in a period of low valuations um uh, you know very low past returns or negative past returns i would increase my exposure to equity if you are in a period of high valuations like we have been in the last 3 4 years uh, and when market returns also look very good uh, i would invest in an asset allocation fund and go for defense so there are times you attack and there are times you defend there are times uh, you know you go for a six uh, when markets are cheap prices are very low there is a lot of bad news lot of panic 
that is when you increase your exposure to equity increase your exposure to mid caps take risk try to hit for a six and then there are times when markets are already very high perception of risk is low we take investing and easy returns for granted that is the time to choose fixed income and asset allocation more in your portfolio where we stand right now right now from a market valuation point of view uh, earnings of uh, you know good companies are growing at around 15% uh, and the broad markets are currently valued at 2022 time so the markets are slightly more expensive than the rate at which profits are growing which means um, i would not have 100% in equity i would prefer to have 60 to 70% in equity and the balance 30 40% could be in fixed income when markets are cheap which means profits are still growing at 12 to 15% but valuations are lower than that and that happens typically in periods like 2008 9 or periods of crisis that is when go aggressive into equity so i think these are the broad two frameworks around uh, deciding your asset allocation and uh, choice between equity and debt uh, quickly summarizing right now we are in a phase where uh, interest rates are uh, you know at a medium level they are not too low they are not too high so having 30 40% exposure to fixed income is uh, uh, you know fairly valuable it acts as cushion it acts as a parachute in periods when markets are falling valuations at 2022 times are not very cheap so like interest rates are not cheap even equity markets are not cheap they are correcting uh, they are normalizing mid caps are you know giving up their expensiveness or extra froth and they are normalizing in my view the next 2 years uh, or 3 years will be a period where uh, asset prices will normalize and you know be more reasonable uh, as investors continue with your sips come what may there is you know no better advantage of uh, taking advantage of falling prices uh, but through an sip the more prices fall the more happy we should be because our future installments will buy more units you know if i give you an example of our small cap fund we just did this analysis today morning in the year of 2017 when the small caps were going up and the small cap nav was going up the average units a 5000 rupee sip would have acquired every month was around 78 units in the year 2018 in the last 6 months with small caps you know coming down and prices falling the average units that i as an investor can acquire uh, has gone up from 78 to 94 you are able to acquire more units and add more of good stocks and portfolio in your uh, overall allocation so you know falling prices uh, on one hand looks bad we feel bad but great long term investors actually celebrate falling prices uh, if they have more money to invest month on month uh, falling prices are good for your future returns rising prices are good for your current portfolio so you know if you are able to contextualize this in your mind it will help you become a more disciplined and a better investor who will feel nicer when prices are falling and take advantage of that rather than you know panicking and giving up uh my experience of 20 years says that 90% investors give up when prices fall and hence their long term returns are always poor there are 10% investors who wait for these moments who wait that when these 90% give up i am there ready to buy from you and build my long term portfolio so i wish all of you uh, you know uh, in these volatile times uh, uh, i wish we have uh, the right amount of patience prudence and uh, discipline of long term horizons to become successful as uh, an investor thank you very much hey kalpin that was uh, indeed a very interesting and um, uh, you know uh, it's sort of an eye opener uh, i must say for a lot of uh, investors i think couple of points that you made um, during your presentation just to summarize uh, 
you know uh, trusting in data uh, is of um, extreme importance data and numbers uh, and uh, checking for longer term trends uh, as opposed to shorter term trends i think you spoke about this in your second slide uh, it was pretty evident when you switched from um, the one year chart to uh, you know a chart which started from 2003 uh, capturing three different cycles uh, i think the the perspective was completely uh, flipped there so i think that was uh, one of the key takeaways for me uh, not to, not to mention not to forget the uh, fact that the mortality rate of small cap companies uh, that you mentioned uh, you know uh, close to about 85 per, 80 70 to 80% so eliminating risk also becomes extremely important uh, thanks for highlighting that uh, several other points that you've made um, most on uh, sips and asset allocation um once again thank you so much uh, kalpin i think this is going to be a very uh, this is a very interesting webinar for us uh, we get to learn a lot from you as usual uh, hopefully we should do another webinar with you sometime soon uh, kartik can i just add one uh, uh, another data point which i missed out sure please please uh, slide number 6 which shows uh, you know from 2008 peak right 2013 the green line goes down goes up and goes nowhere yeah uh, was a long period of 6 years 6 year one month yeah 6 years and one month when uh, the lump sum investment of jan 2008 yeah made no return so the investor would have made no return there uh, sure. it was zero return and that would have really you know made you panic and frustrate yeah. having said that the sip investor mm-hmm. took advantage of falling prices in between and then rising prices and the sip investor in that same 6 year period generated a return of 9.4% cagr for an so so you know the same fund gave you zero the same yeah. fund gave you 9.4 and the asset allocation investor uh, yeah. who had done a lump sum uh, at that time when when a lump sum in equity gave zero mm-hmm. the asset allocation investor earned roughly around 10.9% because yeah. uh, you know when markets were high it was heavily into debt when markets yeah. were cheap it was heavily into equity and it was able to calibrate and time uh, the asset class appropriately yeah, yeah. Uh, so so that's a very important point i always say that as an investor look for the worst phase of investing uh, yeah. can you digest that uh, yeah. and the best way to you know overcome the worst phase is sip and asset allocation which is what data shows true and i think on the same line um, i think you should worry less about market timing just believe in sips and asset allocation absolutely right? absolutely yeah, yeah i think so market timing... allocation is nothing but timing so we we you know generally don't feel uh, we feel that saying that timing works is not fashionable uh, yeah. in my view timing does work provided you have a scientific framework to time true, and you are true. able to you know make that uh, framework uh, evolve uh, with changing data points so asset allocation is a great framework which times the asset class which is cheap and buys more of it and sells the asset class which is expensive and con- continues to deliver a stable long term returns absolutely absolutely done uh, thank you so much uh, kalpin uh, we will let you go today but as i was saying we will uh, hopefully uh, you know do another webinar with you uh, on another topic uh, hopefully sometime soon thanks thank thanks. you all the best thank- thanks thanks bye. so much bye bye